Hey there, sweet sister friends. So excited to be serving up some special holiday treats over the next few weeks as I interview some guests that will help you keep your health a priority with some very practical, real-life tips and tools to help you navigate this busy holiday season. So grab your pen and paper, and let's get this party started. Hey there, sweet sister friend. Welcome back to the Shine with Granny show. I am so glad to be with you here today, and I have a very special guest for you something that is so timely. This topic is so timely. And Roseanne has a story to share with you and is going to not only share her personal testimony, but help you navigate perhaps your own holiday season and beyond in your health. We know that this platform is around faith, fitness, and fun. So we're going to take the faith as well as the fitness and overall your health. And so we are excited to welcome today to the Shine with Brandy Show, Roseanne Forte. Hello, sweet sister. Hey, Franny, how are you? I am so glad to be with you here today because you reached out to me. You had, list, you had listened to a couple of episodes and you just said, hey, I just feel like there's some, you know, kind of overlap and really some synergy in terms of the content um, with your own personal story. And so, as I mentioned, you know, my listeners hear me share a lot about my own personal story with my own weight, um, but that really just manifested and really matured with me through the years and it into alcohol and even good vices like exercise and Bible study and volunteering and things like that. But today we're really going to open up and hear your personal story and glean some wisdom about the topic that many people struggle with, whether, you know, it's out in the open or behind closed doors. So why don't I just have you, I'll kind of give you the floor, if you will, and have you share a little bit of your story and introduce yourself to the Shine with Granny audience. Uh, thank you for that opportunity. Yeah. So um, again, my name is Roseanne Forte, and I have a story that I think is similar to so many people's story that get kind of stuck in a loop and um, fall for this world's lies around alcohol. And, um, you know, I started drinking for all the reasons that people drink when I was younger. It was like what cool kids did. And when you're in college, it's what you needed to do on Friday and Saturday night. And then you start in the workforce and it's, you know, happy hours and Monday night football and any social events, you start dating and it's romantic and you have, you know, your wine with that, um, you know, baseball games, it doesn't matter. It seems like everywhere you go, there's a drink to be had, right? And, food. and, I, I, by food. <laughs> and food, right? And I participated in it. And, um, Later on in life, it became, well, I had, I had children and even at two-year-old birthday parties, right? There it is, the cake and the wine and the beer. And, um, but later as, you know, life started uh, throwing me challenges, like they do, like everybody's life does, the stresses of balancing work and family and marriage and everything else that, that people have to, um, manage you know then you start drinking just because to relieve stress and to check out because you don't want to deal with your life and you know so, and then pretty soon your you know your health starts to deteriorate and for me that's I connect with you too my weight was really a struggle and I knew that I couldn't manage the weight while I was drinking and it was just uh, it was a constant battle. And it's one of those things where you go, okay, I really need to put this to the side. And you try, 
And then you go, uh oh, why is this so hard? And I, you know, I I call it mental gymnastics. <laughs> like only after five, only with other people, only on the weekends, only on, on a romantic date, only on a holiday, right? <laughs> and you just keep failing and it it eventually gets to your um you know, your, your personal well-being. I lost confidence in myself. I didn't, you know, you don't believe yourself anymore. And it's like, well, whatever, why try? I didn't want to go to AA, even though AA has been super helpful and life-saving for so many. I just looked at it and I go, I don't want to call myself a name. I was already, I actually was diagnosed with um, major depressive disorder and I just don't want to add to that already feeling bad about myself, a name. And, and then they say, look to a higher power. I love Jesus, right? I love Jesus. I was a Bible study leader. I was a treasurer at church and I was hiding this secret of struggling and I call it secret suffering. And, um, and then during COVID, and usually I think with alcohol, unfortunately, it takes an event like, you know, a relationship, a diagnosis, a car accident, something unfortunately major. And the major thing for me that caused me to wake up was just COVID coming. <laughs> and I was like, you know, this is not good. I am really affecting my health. And I quit drinking out of fear, but then found a coaching program. And that was like, put alcohol to the side for 90 days and see what happens. Because I couldn't imagine quitting forever. I'm just like, well, 90 days, I'd love to know how I feel because I feel pretty, pretty cruddy right now. And um, I ended up, the transformation in 90 days was astounding. I lost weight, my blood pressure went down, my resting heart rate went down, my confidence went up, my level of peace went up. I just was a happy, happy person. And I um, I ended up working for the the coaching company that um, that I lost uh, or I, I um, quit drinking with. And um, I just started putting together God's word because I recognized all these things like, wait a minute, God told me to do this. God told me to do that. And I just started putting together um, like a daily devotional that matched all the teachings that I experienced in this program. And I started sharing it with clients who were proclaimed Christians. And they were like, oh my gosh, you need to publish this. You need to keep doing this. This is amazing. This is exactly how I feel. And um, so that I ended up publishing a daily devotional for how to put alcohol to the side for 12 consecutive weeks. And I started a coaching program to help people if they need that additional support and accountability. So here I am today, God. And the, the name of it is the plans he has for me, right? And the basis of that is in my despair is Jeremiah 29 before I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper, you know? And I was back then I was like, God, what, what possible plan could you have for me? I was going through a divorce. It was horrendous. And here I am, there was a plan. <laughs> so I want people to know there is a much better plan when when we can conquer this and put it aside and we want people to experience it for this 12 weeks, not forever, because God gives us a chance to choose, 
but challenge ourselves to do it for that short of a time and to see what's possible. Well, girl, there are so many things, everything from mental gymnastics to secret suffering to your daily devotional. Like there's so many things I want to talk about. <laughs> Sorry, but, I get too excited. <laughs> no, no. And I try to be um, girlfriends who know me personally know that this is a challenge for me because I want to just jump right in and be like, oh, tell me about this and tell me about this. But I try to take on that interviewer's role of like, let me, let me sit and listen, right? God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. So <laughs> I've learned that the hard way over the years. Well, I do want to, you know, share something too, because I didn't really realize, even though you and I had, you know, chatted before and spoken before, I didn't realize it was so recent. And so I just want to give God praise right now. Like, let's just stop with a praise break and give him praise that during COVID, which is where many people, you know, the liquor stores were still open, but other things were not, you know, gyms were not, but liquor stores were. And so I just want to give you, you know, give God praise and give you kudos for saying, you know what, I'm going to use this time to make beauty from ashes really to, you know, hunker down. And like you said, you had, you know, lost your confidence, but you gained peace and you had done so much, you know, during that transformation process. So let's talk about that if you don't mind, because you've like, as you mentioned, you know, you create this daily devotional, you have this new coaching program, you mentioned and referred to AA a few minutes ago. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the difference in your programming versus a traditional AA type programming. I know you had shared with me and you can, if you don't mind kind of giving the pillars of your program and then really tell us how you arrive there and then how they are essential to the recovery process. Right. Um, I have never gone through AA, but I know I did compare the steps um, in the last year and find that a lot of things are very similar. Of course, higher power to me, there's only one higher power and that's the power in Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to, I didn't want to mess around with just the big or big G God or little G God. I just, there's, there's one God and um, if forgiveness is just such a, well, let me start with the 12 weeks. First of all, and my philosophy is during the first four weeks, two to four weeks, your body is really detoxing from a substance and you need to get your body back in homeostasis and people will start sleeping better and be, you know, more cognitively aware and have more energy. And just that process is just kind of you know, transformational in and of itself. But a lot of people do the dry January or the Lent, right? And then they go, woohoo, like right after on day 31 or day 41. Um, but there's a reason why we should continue because um, that we're building habits, right? And habits take longer because once we've got into homeostasis, now we got to deal with all the reasons that we drink and um, be aware of those reasons and those triggers and, and manage them in, in other ways. What I love to tell people, one of the biggest reasons people drink is to fit in and connection. And what I tell people is, you know, we have to solve for this cognitive dissonance, which is, you know, two competing thoughts about the same thing that alcohol really connects me to people. Well, the truth is that it's not connecting you to people. You're losing kind of your cognitive abilities. You're saying things that you wouldn't otherwise say. And what I found personally is like, sometimes I can't even connect with people without the alcohol involved, right? So, and then when you're consuming alcohol, you're, you're kind of 
recovering and you're, there's not enough clarity and you're kind of trying to get that connection with that person and it, it's not there without the alcohol. True connection is calming to our nervous system, right? And that's what I want to say that we're not really getting true connection with alcohol. And, um, and when I started to experience what true connection was, I just, you don't even want to go like, that is what joy is about, right? That is what lifts our spirits and our confidence is when we are connected to people and gives us peace and calm and connected to God, of course, because yeah. there's so much guilt and shame, um, you know, over the sin of drunkenness, mm -hmm. certainly for me. And I think for most people. Mm -hmm. um anyway so that's the first four weeks the second four weeks is we don't want to just take something out of our lives because then we feel deprived and I ask people what do you want to put in in place like what are your gifts and talents do you want to sing do you want to write do you want to go back to school do you want to you know take dance lessons it doesn't matter but fill it up with something that creates connection and joy or spend more time with the kids right spend more time with your loved ones um so we we don't want to just take something out of our lives because then we feel we're deprived so it's putting something back in um that next four weeks also kind of talks about forgiveness and forgiveness of self and forgiveness of others. And, you know, it's just human nature to be so affected by the things that happened in our past, but Jesus wipes the slate clean, right? And the reason we wipe the slate clean is so that we can future focus and forget about the past. So if he's wiping the slate clean, we need to too to be able to experience the joy and um reach the potential because it just an unforgiving spirit of either self or others just really limits our possibilities and then the last four weeks is really documenting like oh my gosh i feel the holy spirit i feel i don't have to wake up and sin and like it's just this empowering light experiencing um, time frame where I'm asking people to document how, where they came from, understand where they came from and where they are now. How do they sleep? Have they started a, a routine, an exercise routine of this or that? And it's just about documentation so that when you get to week 13, you get to choose. Mm -hmm. God doesn't force us, right? And I, I will tell you the truth. The reality is a lot like the, I like this approach because people like me, it's just such a big thing. You're like, uh-uh, I'm not going back. But a lot of people do. They get this confidence like, oh, I feel so good. I can have just one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and slowly the habit, it's a neurological habit, right, that we've quieted over the 12 weeks and we kind of bring it back and um but the second time they come around they kind of take more responsibility for it and they go my life was so good I don't know why I chose that and you know so that's the approach long answer I, I love that though too because it seems like it's very doable in terms of the breaking down and like you said kind of each having a very structure and foundational principle to be able to build upon the next. And you bring up something that's important. And again, listeners on my show, and perhaps you've even heard me share about this, but 
um, I had my own rock bottom with alcohol and it was, I was drinking, even though I was a very gregarious outgoing personality, um, I loved to drink because I would be the girl dancing on the bar, dancing on the tables. Like it gave me permission and almost a license to do it. Like it wasn't just like that girl be crazy, you know, like it was just like, oh, she's just stronger. She's the life of the party or whatever. And so I know for me, I used it also as a way of connection, you know, with guys because I was 300 pounds, like not a lot of guys were knocking on my door, asking me for prom dates or homecoming or whatever. And so for me, my rock bottom moment was when I woke up, I was in Orlando. I had just moved. I was 22 years old. And I woke up after a night of completely being obliterated drinking. Didn't remember. I looked around the room and I thought to myself, one, where am I? And two, who is next to me? I did not know the guy's name who was next to me. And I looked wow, at the door, and it was like 546 in the morning. And I remember being like, and I go outside, like I got up and I'm like, I don't know where my car is. I did not know how I got there. Like it was a scary moment. So for me, as I began that journey at this point, I'd already lost some weight, but as I began my journey, I quit cold Turkey. Now I wish I could say the same for, you know, ho-hos and little Debbie cakes. Okay. But I just quit cold Turkey with drinking because it was so scary to me to have that, that sense of loss of control. And I'm a control freak. A lot of people know, like that's with eating. It was a control thing. I know that this is not air quote that easy for people to quit cold Turkey. So maybe could you offer some insight or counsel to a woman who is trying to quit drinking, or perhaps even if she's trying to identify if she does have an alcohol addiction, or if there is an issue or something to be concerned about? Yeah. The, you know, the first and foremost thing is if you have to ask yourself, do you have a problem? The chances are you do. And, um, it is progressive and, uh, you're very fortunate that you kind of put a stop to it when you did. I had, I started at 13 and, you know, pretty much had four decades of drinking. And um, so I developed quite a habit <laughs> and it, you know, the, the longer you wait, the, the harder it is to reverse that habit. But um, yeah. So, and then how to do it, I think to get the shame out of, the situation is really helpful and standing back, God designed such an amazing brain. You know, the, the, um, our conscious mind can actually watch the, uh, the operating system of the subconscious mind. So when you want a drink, you go, well, why do I want the drink? Is it connection? Is it relaxation? Is it anxiety? Is it, you know, all those things. So understanding why you're choosing it thinking about um, other things that you could do to help with that. But I just think it's an awareness problem, really teaching awareness. I had no idea when I was drinking why it was so hard. So recognizing why you're grabbing for it and solving for that, but getting the guilt and shame and understanding and solving for this cognitive dissonance. Like I'm doing this for anxiety. Did it really solve my anxiety? Or did I get up and create more anxiety in my life? There are so many lies mm -hmm. embedded in alcohol. It is, I can't even believe how my mind was processing back then. And I have, I have empathy for those, but I just, I'm here on the other side to tell you, oh my gosh, put it to the side and you'll see, like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of lies and, you know, it doesn't have to be forever. I think our brains are it's too much to say, I want to do it forever, but it's not too much to say, I want to see what happens in 12 weeks. You know what I mean? 
No, that's powerful too. And I think, you know, always getting to the why I always, you know, share with my listeners, like ask yourself, your brain will search for the answer if you ask a question. And so rather than just a yes or a no, like, do I want that? Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. Like, why do I, want that? you know what I mean? Like, well, why do I want that? Am I bored? Am I tired? Whether that be with food or alcohol, sex, drugs, whatever, you know, shopping, even the good things, you know, why do I want that? And getting to the motivation behind, it, I think is very powerful. So I, you know, I, I just love that so many of these things, um, totally, I don't want to say piggyback because obviously we need food to eat, but we don't need alcohol, but so many of them have very similar roots, you know, and obviously the ways in which they branch out then are different, but they have very similar, you know, root systems, obviously in the, why, why am I doing what I'm doing? So. Well, and that's what I connected with, with, with you. I mean, I'm, we talked before, but it's like, how did I view that cupcake? Right. It's like, yeah. why am I viewing that cupcake? What, what are my thoughts behind that? Right. Yeah. And um, it does, it does change your relationship. It kind of gives you more, it empowers you this, this form of healing is empowering as opposed to I I view it as being victim to a label or a disease or recovery I mean you can call it recovery but when you call it recovery for the rest of your life I don't feel like I'm recovering I feel like I'm on top of the world you know what I mean right so um yeah when it's such a reminder, you mentioned in the very beginning, you know, there is only one, you know, one power and that's God where there's only, you know, we have the resurrection power and you mentioned the Holy spirit, you know, feeling the power of the dunamis power that we have available to us and recognizing if you went to the cross and I shared this in a recent episode, you know, if he went to the cross for my abortion and my, not mine personally, but like a person, you know, all the things he went to the cross for, that's one of them. So we walk on the other side of the cross, which is the resurrection. And so we want to experience that. We just don't want to say, okay, I'm recovering, you know, and use it as an active, you know, that we're in the present tense of it. It's done. Right. So it's, you've gone beyond. So I love that. Well, girl, I know that I, you know, I shared, so I've been, I mean, I've drank, you know, a, a glass of champagne here or there over the years at someone's wedding or New Year's or whatnot. But for the most part, I pretty much consider myself not to be a drinker. And since I don't drink, I will share that it sometimes is awkward for other people that I'm around, especially when I'm on dates. And so with this, I know that I'm not alone. I've had other friends who've shared that too, that people will almost try to force it upon you. So knowing the holiday season upon us and whatnot, can you offer any perspective here or practical ways to address this? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with how you show up and what vision you have for yourself. Um, I understand the, um, first of all, I think a lot of that perception comes internally. I just went to a happy hour with 20 other people in my neighborhood last night and nobody even noticed I wasn't drinking, right? Mm -hmm. I usually do soda water um, cranberry and lime and everybody assumes it's vodka, but they don't care. And I was having a conversation with somebody, um, who was drinking quite a lot and somehow drinking came up and I'm like, yeah, I, I used to drink a lot, but I don't drink anymore. Still no big deal. Right. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. we think they care now people do push you into, or want to push you, but those are the people that don't feel comfortable with their own drinking. Right. And I think when you recognize that, that people are kind of jealous of you when you're like, how do they do that? How do they choose not to drink? But I have had situations, one of my really good friends was, um, is 
a brewery owner. And when he first asked me, like, why aren't you drinking? I'm like, because I feel a lot better. (laughs) I lost weight. I'm feeling great. I don't see a reason to engage in that. It wasn't, you know, and so what's wrong with that? Like, I'm just didn't sit well with me. And most people kind of get that when you say it, but it's an attitude, right? And it's an attitude of health and who you want to be and who you want to show up as. And I have been very, and like you, you know, you're just, you shine, right? And I have been insistent that my personality shine with light without alcohol to show that it's possible. There's joy in life. And, you know, I had the opposite of joy when I drank too much. So, yeah. Right. Well, and it's funny, too, because I have over the years kind of changed my script around that. You know, my personality, believe it or not, I was so much bigger, if you will, and brighter when I, you know, when I was heavier. Um, And then also when I was drinking. And now I've kind of like morphed a little bit, you know, over the years too. And I think just a lot of that comes with experience, but I used to say when I first stopped drinking, oh, well, I don't need that too, you know, like, and it would just, I would, and then it would make the other people feel badly. Like, well, what is she saying? Like, I need to have it. So then I was like, well, that doesn't work, you know? And then I started saying like, oh, I, you know, I've been sober for, and people would be like, oh, let me hear your sobriety story. And then I was like ashamed of like saying like, well, I woke up next to a guy that, you know what I mean? So over the years, my reasons have changed. And now I just tell people, and you mentioned it earlier, like, what is your attitude for showing up? And I just say, it's not part of my health journey. Like, it's not my personal thing. Like I take it and make it about me. Like it's not part of my journey. And sometimes I'll say like, I'd rather chew my calories than drink them or something, you know, like, did you see the the cupcake tree over there? You know, like, I'll try to like point out something. That's, That's exactly it. It's just adding humor to it because it's like, oh, I had a problem. And like everybody's right. like, oh, poor you, have a drink. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, here, eat more, drink more. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah, cheer up. Exactly. So it is. It's like when you show up excited about the fact that you're choosing not to drink because it's better for you. There's not much people can say about that. Now, the people that the person that wants you to drink and is pushing it, like I said, I can see all kinds of people when I go to these happy hours, right? There's the people who could care less. Right. Um, There's the people that are jealous. Like, how does she do that? Mm -hmm. And then there's the people that feel really guilty about their own drinking and don't feel comfortable in your company unless you're drinking with them, right? Mm -hmm. And it's those are the three. Right. you know, this process, if it did anything for me, is really solidify who I am in Christ and be fearless about who I am and un- unapologetic about it as well. Um, there was just so much shame in my life before, and now I don't, I don't need to be apologized for choosing something healthier and happier. And you know. Yeah, totally. And I love that too, because as you mentioned, your identity has been so solidified and it sounds like your program really walks people through that. So they could really have that anchor, you know, to be able to say like, look, this is who I am. I'm not, you know, the the alcohol or I'm not this, or I am a daughter of the King. I am, you know, chosen, I'm accepted. I'm here for a purpose. And so I'll kind of end with that then today. Um, if you will, why don't you share a little bit about, I know you kind of broke down the weeks and whatnot of your program. How can people connect with you? And then we'll finish with just a real quick practical takeaway, but how can people connect with you if they were interested in learning more, wanting to follow you, just kind of wanting to be in your sphere or whatever? Well, I have to do 
daily devotional, I wanted to add that on to your um com your last comment. It's the plans he has for me, and it's sold on Amazon right now. Oh, good. Um, and the thing I love about this is it's spending every single day with God, knowing that, like, oh my gosh, he told me all along this is how to avoid temptation. He told me all along what would happen if I did this. It's just this recognition of how powerful God's word is. And that's what brings about this closeness and this desire to hopefully continue the path. Um, so that's the daily devotional. I um, have your like the a free kickstart video to alcohol freedom, like my best known like ideas for how to be alcohol free. And you can download that video at www.theplanshehasforme.com. And I just started a couple of days ago on Instagram and um, TikTok at Roseanne Forte Plans. Okay. So I think those are all the, the okay. ways. <laughs> well, I'm going to absolutely, I'm going to put those, you know, uh, details in the show notes, but definitely with the Kickstart video, because I think given the current, you know, holiday season and beyond, as you mentioned, you know, whether it be the new year, dry new year or Lent, whatever's coming up, but I just feel like there are a lot of people who would really benefit from this. My question too, in terms of your devotional one, is it a 30 day devotional? It's 12 weeks. Oh, yeah. so it is. So oh my 84 gosh. straight days with God oh. talking, talking you through and yeah, getting to um, the kind of essence and the devotional every day is God's word. Then it's called a mindful minute. So it kind of walks you through how the applicability to the scripture is applicable to your walk. And then it ends with a prayer and people feel super connected with that. I wrote it so shortly after I quit sure. that if I wrote that today, it wouldn't be as, as fresh. Yeah. So I'm very happy that I ended up doing that. Yeah. No, what a, guidance, of course. I was going to say, again, that was a divine download from the Lord. So I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, right. And my question about that then too, is so it's 84 days. That's amazing. Would some of the devotionals, do you think, I mean, are they exclusive to alcohol or could they perhaps kind of, if you, you know, straddle? Well, if you look at the food. reviews on Amazon, they're like, this is good for any bad habit. And I thought about that as I went through, um, and I say habit as much as possible, but, and I say substance a lot. So it could be for <laughs> sugar and cookies and, and yeah. drugs. Um, so yeah, that, that the reviews coming in is I, I had one blogger that reviewed the book and she's like, my problem isn't alcohol. She didn't say what it was, but she said, this has saved my life. And I was like, wow, that's a big statement. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. what it is, but my expertise is alcohol, but my understanding is God approaches bad habits and temptations all the same, right? So it right. should be applicable to everything. Right. Well, no, I would love to check that out. And I definitely have I, actually a few people who I think I might be able to get that for as a gift um, for the <laughs> holiday season. Just saying like, hey, look, a friend of mine, you know, lady on my podcast shared this and I just felt like it might be appropriate and I'm reading it, you know, too. So I think that I love devotionals because I feel like they are just the bite size, you know, they kind of get you through the day and give you something to think about. So I will definitely check that out. So yeah. I will put that information as well as your video um, from the plans he has for me. I'll put that in the show notes as well as your TikTok and Instagram and all the things um, for people to connect. But 
any last minute pearls of wisdom or any practical, you know, tangible takeaways? I felt like we gave a lot of really good tools, but is there any kind of last word of wisdom you'd like to share, if you will? Um, that I want people to know that it's not um, a character flaw to have an alcohol habit. It's just the way God designed our beautiful minds, right? That it's an energy saving system that we don't have to relearn how to brush our teeth or how to go to and from work and, and things become automatic. And when we put, we can put good habits in and bad habits in, but it's just, I used to think there was something wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with you. We're, we all have habits. This is, you know, this, this does deal with a substance. And so it's a little more tricky, but after you deal with the, the substance issue, it's, it's the same as any bad habit. It's just re practicing and rewiring your brain. That's, that constant renewal, constant renewal, right? Romans yeah, that's day two. <laughs> Romans yeah. 12 to renewal of your mind. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen, girl. Well, it works for, for many things. So, well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on today and sharing your information, sharing your experience and your expertise with the Shine With Brandy audience. So for those of you who are listening, I pray that this blesses you. I also pray we know that God's in the two-for-one business. So if it blessed you, it might bless someone else. So please share this with someone. But otherwise, make sure that you go and follow Roseanne on all the platforms, go into the show notes and follow along. And I pray that um, until God, until God brings us together in person, that he blesses and keeps you. And even then, I pray that he blesses and keeps you until, until you keep on shining, y'all. All right, have a great day, everybody.